shirt before. <laughs> Does it look all right? Amen. A little casual today, but I was in a casual mode this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So glad you're here today in church with us. There's a lot of people that could have been here, right? But they didn't quite make it. But you did. That says something about you. You came to hear the preacher, right? Nah. Well, maybe that too, but you came because you love God. Amen? You came. You got up and pushed through all the difficulties and all the things, the kids crying, the, the coffee getting burned or the eggs or whatever. You pushed through all of it, and here, here you are. We're glad you're here today. Amen. Praise God. I want to preach to you from... Exactly, actually over in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. I want to preach on the lost, the lost word. How many of you know there was a time, not just one time, but I think there were actually several times in Israel's history that the word of God got lost. And, and you know, today, I guess what brought this sermon on is just driving down the road the other day, realizing how important the word of God is in, is in my life. I, I'm so thankful for the word of God. It has changed my life as a young man, just 17 years old. We got a 17-year-old here today. Happy birthday, Madison. Amen. Give her a big hand clap. Amen. Got her a car, too. Man, I saw it yesterday on Facebook. Very nice. But as a young man, 17 years old, I found Jesus Christ ruling my life, and he changed my life. Today, we're going to look at a young man his name's Josiah. He was only eight years old when he began to reign as a king. And when he turned about 16 years old, y'all listen to me today, about 16 years old, God forever changed his life. And he became a great king for the king of Israel. 16, everybody can say 16. 16 years old, he began to do some things in the nation of Israel. I don't want to share all the story because we're fixing to read it. But he began to make some drastic changes. Eight years old as a king, 16 years old, he began to seek God. Begin to seek God. Things will happen in your life, young people, when you begin to seek God. Living proof right here. I began to seek God. Is there a true and living God? Me and some of my friends. We were tired of the world and what was going on in the world. It was, you know... It, it, I guess it was fun for a season, for a night or two, but came back from wheat harvest. There was a, to make a long story short, there was a revival in my little church. Those young men and women that I hang, or young ladies that we hung out with were no longer the same. They were changed, and it changed me. So I'm praising, I'm praising and I'm praising, and I'm praying that God will raise up some young people, amen, with a heart for God that want to seek God, Amen. And see what can happen. We're going to look at Josiah. So let's go into the word today. Second Chronicles chapter 34, verse number 1. Here we're going to read about him. Josiah was eight years old. That's young. When he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. Thirty-one years. He reigned longer. There were 42 kings. If you look at the north and the south and when they were... Uh, divided and also when they were together even there were 42 kings in the history of Israel he was the second to the longest reign of the entire of all the kings of all the 42 kings over the kings of Israel so he reigned for 31 years and he did that which was everybody say it 
right. Is it important to do that which is right in the sight? Hey, we could make a rap song out of that. Right in the sight. In the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, ever, I'm going to test y'all's math skills today. Young people, eight plus eight equals what? Sixteen. Uh, six, <laughs> Sixty-one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sixteen. All right. We already told you earlier. For in the eighth year of his reign, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. Sixteen years old, he began to seek God. For four years, apparently, he really had a relationship and really found God in a great way. And he began to realize as he was praying. Now, remember, he didn't even have the Bible like we do today. He just began to pray. We're going to find out later in this chapter that they finally find the Word of God. All he was doing was praying, but even as he was praying, he knew that a lot of the things that was going on, worshiping Baal and Asherah and all these other things were not right. So let's see what he does here. He, <clears throat> that were on high, let's see. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence and the images that were on High above them, he cut down, and the groves and the carved images and the molten images, he break in pieces and made dust of them and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priest upon their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. That's cool. It's not cool, but it's, it's awesome. Here's a young man that saw that there was something wrong in his world. And he changed it, did he not? They were making all kinds of offerings and, and stuff to Baal and Asherah. He finds them, he tears them up, destroys them, grinds them into powder, puts them completely away. Now we're going to skip on down here, I think, to chapter or verse number 14. We're saving some time. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkah answered and said to Shaphan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkah delivered the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord and delivered it into the hand of the overseers and the, oops, and the hand of the workmen. Here we go. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. The word of God began to penetrate as he began to read. A lot of different ones that have studied this said it was probably the book of Deuteronomy. There were, they were establishing all the, all the ordinances and all the statutes and judges. He saw for sure that what God had showed him in his prayer time was now true by the word of God. 
And so it's, it's just, a, a, just amazed at the Word of God and just humbled by the, the power that comes forth from that book as, as they are reading this. And the king commanded Hilkiah and Ahikim, the son of Shaphan, and Abdon, the son of Micah, and Shaphan, the scribe, and Asiah, a servant of the king, saying this, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. Wow. It's going down, isn't it? Can you tell in this story here? One, two more verses here, and then we're going to preach a little bit. Then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites and all, everybody say all, all the people, great and small, and he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of of the Lord. They found the word, didn't they? It was lost for years and years. You know, between, if you look back at Josiah's life, Hezekiah was his great grandfather. Are you with me? Hezekiah was a godly man. But between Hezekiah and Josiah, his, his father and his grandfather, they were not. So we don't know what happened during that time, but apparently they were so wicked they didn't even want the word. And it was hidden somewhere within the temple. So they're going back and restoring the temple. If you read some of the verses in between this, just to save time, we didn't do that. But they are going back and restoring the temple back to proper order. So the lost word is found. And, you know, we think about Josiah, what a, what a great young man he was. In fact, the Bible says here in one place, I think it's 2 Kings 23, Never before has there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength, obeying the laws of Moses, and there has never been a king like him since. Why? Because he humbled himself before God. He sought God. He got into the word of God, and God made a great man out of him. Is that what happens, church? When you get into the Word and the Word gets into you, it changes your life forever and forever. How many has been changed by the Word of God? Amen. Me too. Praise God. I want the Word. I want it hidden, right? Hidden right here in my heart. I don't want to ever lose it. Praise God. Are you glad for the Word today? Hallelujah. Anybody still carry a Bible out there? Let's see them. Hold them up. Are you glad for the word? Some of y'all got to hold up your iPhone. <laughs> Amen. Right here, Pastor. 24-7, right? Isn't that amazing? When I started preaching 50 years ago, this is the second Dake's Bible I've, I've worn out. It's, it's, uh, it's in pretty bad shape, but hopefully it'll hold out a, f a few more years, right? But I do. I've noticed myself now when I'm studying. I, I told Terry or one of the young ministers recently, you know, used to when I studied, we didn't have the Internet, <laughs> And we didn't have all the modern conveniences we do now, especially, to, man, to have the Word of God in this little portable thing right here that I can read in any version, any language, any transition, just on and on. It's amazing, isn't it? You younger preachers, man, y'all don't know how easy you got it. <laughs> Amen. Man, we had to burn the midnight oil. You know, I got the NSV and the NIV and the Amplified and all this 
and then some Bible study helps, and all this spread out all over my desk back in the day. But I am thankful. I am thankful for the Word of God, aren't you? As I said earlier, it forever changed, changed my life. So we look here at, at, at uh, Josiah. I just want to say this today. God is still looking for young men and women to raise up in this last day. I believe that. Holy Spirit showed me that even yesterday as I was studying and praying and preparing for this. We need some Josiahs, amen? We need some Deborahs. And even in this, in this uh, text here today, there was a prophetess, Hilkiah. I believe, no, her name wasn't, it was Hulda, I believe it was. Let me look here. I get all the, all the names mixed up sometimes when they're not the, yeah, uh, let's see here. Hulda, I was right. Hulda, the prophetess. We need some of those, don't we? Rising up, man, just the word of God coming alive in their hearts. So I'm thankful today that when we get close to God, when we begin to read his word, it changes us. Amen? From the inside out. Hallelujah. I want us to go right into the, the text here today, but before we do, I just want to say this. You know, the Word of God is quick. We know Hebrews 4.12 said it's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God will prick a person's heart if your ears are open, if your spirit man is open and ready to receive. Are you ready to receive today? Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, I believe it is verse number 16 and 17 says, Every scripture is God-breathed. Everybody say, God-breathed. Given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action, so that the man of God may be complete, or the woman of God, complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do we need the Word of God? I'm so thankful that we have this book. In fact, I, one thing I left out, books are the best method of preserving truth in its integrity and transmitting it from generation to generation. You can't rely on memory, and tradition is a little bit untrustworthy, right? It can change somewhere down through grandma and grandpa and all of this, but I'm glad that this same word that was written thousands of years ago is still available for me to read, and it's still powerful. And just what this uh, text here said, it's given... By inspiration of God. God breathed upon. Numa, are you with me? He breathed upon all these 40-plus authors, and they recorded in their, with their own personality styles sometimes, but they recorded what the Holy Spirit told them to. And, and these, these books that were re- written today, most people think Ezra was the one that put together uh, Second Chronicles. I'm glad Ezra did this for me, amen, that I can look at it and study it and see some things in my life here that, that I need help with. So I'm, I'm glad for the Word of God, aren't you? Praise God, it, it, it will change your life. And I just want to talk today about, you know, we, as, as I mentioned earlier, we have the Word of God so readily available, but, you know, an unread Bible is as useless as a lost one. 
How many of you read your Bible like you should? Don't hold your hand up. That's something for you. Yeah, I don't want to embarrass anybody here today. But how many just come to church on Sunday and rely on me to, to share the Word of God with you? I hope that's not all you do. So I hope that's not all you do. Amen. Because this, this book right here will change your life. You may read a lot of other books, but there, 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 there is no book. The holy living word of God will change your life forever and forever. And yet we have, I remember, like I said earlier, I had 10 different versions when I was younger, but got all, I've got it readily available in my pocket. Do I read it? Yes. And I hide it in my heart. It ought to be the first thing I do every morning. Jump into the word of God. Amen. Jump into his presence. And get, you know, there's so many different apps. There's so many different reading plans. There's so many different devotionals. There's so many different. We, we ought to be so full of the word of God that we're living the life every day. Amen. Praise God. But I want to challenge us as parents today. Praise God. We, we need to encourage our children to read the Word of God and to memorize Scripture. Amen? Is it important? How many of you read the Bible at your house? Well, better not have your hand your hold up on that either. How many of you are implanting the Word of God in your children? It's very important. It's more important than anything else they will do. Planting the Word of God. I'm thankful Sheila is planting the Word of God in little Sadie's heart. I was going to have her come up today and and actually uh, share some scriptures she's already memorized. Three years old, and she probably knows more than some of the kids that are 10, 11, 12 years old in here. Are you with me? I don't know how many now she's up to, five, six, seven, something like that. But she's, you know, she watches, they have these uh, programs on TV to where they, you know, Christian programs that they put it to a catchy little tune, right? And kind of like we've done some songs over the years. Some of the songs we sing here with the praise and worship team are nothing but the word of God. They got some of the, the references and different things of the Word of God. So we're planting the Word of God in our hearts. It's so important. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says this. Be on your guard. Make certain that you do not forget as long as you live what you have seen with your own eyes. Tell your children and your grandchildren about the day you stood in the presence of the Lord your God at Mount Sinai when he said to me assemble the people, I want them to hear what I have to say so that they will learn to obey me as long as they live and so that they will teach their children to do the same. Do I have an obligation to teach my children and my grandchildren? Amen? It's, it's you know, plumb back to Israel here, and it, and it still carries forth today. This thing must be passed down, except what's happening a lot of times that I'm seeing is is we're not as, uh, what's the word here, we're not as disciplined about it as we should be sometimes as parents. It's a busy, busy, fast-paced, hustle-bustle world out there. And if we're not careful, we're neglecting the Word of God in our house, which should be the most important thing. Amen? It should be the most important thing. Hear me today. Preach with me. Are you with me? Praise God. we got to get, I feel it strong. we got to get the Word of God back in our kids Hallelujah. Parents are sending their kids out, here it is, into a wicked world totally unprepared for life. Let that slam you right between the eyes. Parents are sending their kids out 
into a wicked world totally unprepared for life. Why do you think that the percentages, I think it's only 12%, I think I read this several years ago, after they leave home and go off to college and stuff, only 12% of young people are staying in church now. That saddens my heart. Saddens my heart. We've done everything else to prepare them for life, but we haven't planted the the most important thing in their life. Amen. And I'm not just preaching to parents; I'm preaching to grandparents. If you come to our house, you're going to get the word of God. Amen. You're going to get the word of God. Even yesterday, we had some of the grandkids out there. Amen. We had some. We we had prayer. Amen. We had a. We have the little. Thank you, Dan. We have the little bread of life box there, and we shared some scriptures from it yesterday, and uh, we got to get back to it. Can you, can you say, oh, me, or amen today? Amen. Y'all getting this. Deuteronomy 4, 9, and 10. Let's move on here. I want my kids prepared. I said I want my kids prepared and my grandkids for life because this, this book is so important. It's, it's very important. In fact, you can walk... Young people, hear me today. You can walk in the blessings of God and moms and dads as well, or you can walk in the cursings of God. Either one. You can choose. You don't have to walk. You don't have to read the Bible. You don't have to walk in the blessings of God if you don't want to. But here's what happens. Deuteronomy, and I'm only going to read just a few verses here. Deuteronomy 28. We're just going to read about 10 out of 15. If you, are, if, you, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. America has enjoyed that for many, many years. But now, sadly, due to a liberal agenda, it's being torn down, the very foundation of our roots your kids, you see, the reason I feel this so strong that we prepare them is because somebody else is doing your job, and they're preparing them at school. Are you with me? They're filling them full of their agenda, and we wonder, we wonder what's happening. It goes plumb back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Amen? Fill them full of the Word of God. Fill them full of the Word of God every day. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer. Ooh, somebody ought to be shouting by now. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction. And they'll scatter from you seven ways. Hallelujah. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people Claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. Whoa. Wow. Everybody say, wow. Which way is better? God's way. We could read further and read the opposite of that in the following verses. Starting about verse 20 there, it says, If you don't want to obey, 
I'm going to rain cursings down upon you. All this bad stuff. Do we see bad stuff happening in America and literally around the world? Praise God. I want to be the first half of the book, don't you? Obedient and submissive before God. Hallelujah. One more scripture here, I think. Deuteronomy 30 in that same section. It kind of repeats this. Today I've given you the choice. There it is. Between life and death. Between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Let's say it. I make the choice. Point your finger. I make the choice. And I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. So that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key, does everybody say key, to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Is it a good thing to submit to God and to obey God? Wow, man, how much more proof do we need, right? Praise God, praise God. Let's jump on over here to something else here a little bit. I want to talk to you today about three reasons we need the word, and there's probably 300, right? These are just three that I picked out while we're watching our time. Well, we're not really watching our time, right? Number one, it feeds your spirit. How many of you realize you're a spirit? Yeah, living in a body, and you got a soul that knows and feels. But you're a spirit person. I think we said this last week. It Last week, it feeds the Word of God. God knew what He was doing when He designed the Word of God, when He breathed upon all these authors, and He knew that we would have something that would be with us constantly. Whether back then, you know, when 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 uh, Josiah was having uh, them read it, it was a scroll, <laughs> a big old thing that rolled out like this, and you had to or a parchment, you know, read it and 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 all of this. But God knew what He was doing when He had these holy men record this. Because he knew it would feed our spirit. It blesses, it inspires, it challenges, it convicts, it corrects. Praise God. And he knew that it would cause our faith to grow. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Are you low in faith? Get into the word. Are you walking in fear? Get into the word. Are you walking in doubt and unbelief and all this stuff? Get into the Word, and the Word gets right back in the middle of you. Hallelujah. Like our natural man needs food and water, the spirit man needs nourishment. I need nourishment. I need the Word of God for my spirit man. In fact, Peter wrote about it here. 1 Peter 2.2 says this, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up. Everybody say grow up. Grow up in your salvation. The need for milk when you're a baby is a natural instinct. Right? From the time that little baby comes forth, they're looking for mama. Right? It's as natural, the, the suckling process, the whole thing. Even animals, you know, it's just, I, I've raised some dogs and had some calves and different things. That's, it's just as natural as anything in the, in the world. 
And it should be the same way spiritually. We should desire it. We should covet it. We should meditate on it. You know, hide it in our heart. It's so important. And now I know with, uh, with our baby formula shortage, <laughs> a lot of people are having a hard time even getting milk for their babies, right? You can blame whoever you want to, I guess. But children need milk. And we need milk. We need the milk of God's Word because it feeds our spirit. Are you glad for the Word? Amen? Number two, it presents us with an opportunity to see ourselves as God sees us. Anybody ever been corrected by the Word? I hope you have. If you haven't, I wonder about your, the condition of your heart. I really do. Because when I read the Word of God, or even when I hear it sung, this morning I was back there having me a good time in that corner back there. Some of the lyrics of one of those songs were just getting all into my spirit, man, and it was, it was powerful. Praise God. We better have a tender, pliable heart before the Lord, hadn't we? At all times. At all times. Praise God. But it gives us an opportunity to look at ourselves. You know, it's not for information. The Word of God is not for information. It's for transformation. It will transform you. Some people, oh yeah, I know, I know John chapter 3, I know John chapter 10, I know all these different chapters, man, I can quote it. Well, praise God, is it in your spirit? Is it alive? And is it transforming your life? You know, James talks about just being hearers of the word. I can hear it all the time, but are we doers of the word? James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word. Obey the message. Not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Did we talk about that Wednesday night? Anybody that was here Wednesday night, we talked about reasoning in your mind, how that sometimes God gives you a revelation, gives you a, a word, and you reason it right out by your natural mind. It over it, it you know, it tries to overcome the word of God. The, the enemy wants to come and and cause you to start reasoning and cause confusion in your mind. When God gives you a rhema word down in your spirit, latch on to it. Hide it in your heart. Keep it. Don't let anything get it. Amen. Because he's wanting to transform you. He's giving you revelation and inspiration for a reason. Praise God. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he's like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, for he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. Wow. What an example, right? Anybody ever look in the mirror? <laughs> we, you know, you get older, you see a lot of things. You don't, you don't do too many mirror checks, right? <laughs> just, especially close up. You just, oh, what's that? I tell people when they take a picture of me, back up there a little bit with that camera. You don't, don't want to see all the... The things here, right? But the Word of God does that, does it not? We begin to see ourselves for who we really are. How do I measure up? It's a mirror for the soul. Praise God. And, you know, I'll say this today. Sometimes it's not instantly that I change and transform. Everybody say the word process. It's a process. It's a process. How many can relate to that? Amen. I, I would love to, to tell you that, man, I, 
I jumped up from, from the altar when I was 18 years old and became a perfect Christian the rest of my life. <laughs> but y'all know better, don't you? It's a process. There's still things that the Holy Spirit's working on me because the flesh man will still try to jump up like we talked about last week. I'll try to walk in the flesh for a little bit. But praise God, the more the word we get in our heart, the quicker we respond to the enemy when he does jump up and put him back in his place. Praise God. You know, there are things that are falling off of me because of the convicting power of God's word. I receive the word of God, and I welcome it into my life. And if he says, like I said last week, if he says don't do it, don't do it. If he says do it, do it. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. And there's also things coming. Not only are things falling off because of the word, but there's things coming into my spirit as well. And I'm receiving that word of God. And it's transforming me. And, and the fruit of the spirit are starting to come out more and more in my life. Amen? That's a result of the word of God. Number two, it gives me an opportunity to see ourselves or to see myself as God sees me. Number three. We're only doing three today. We are going to be judged by it. We're going to be judged by the word of God. John chapter 12, verse 48. says, Anyone who rejects me and persistently sets me at naught, refusing to accept my teachings, has his judge, however, for the very message that I have spoken will itself judge and convict him at the last day. Is it important what we do with the word of God? You know, right now there's a lot of people that say, I love Jesus. I bet if you polled, I'm still wanting to believe there's 75%, maybe 70 in America that acknowledge Jesus, right? But are they living the life? No, sadly not. Not, that, not near that, not even half. They hear the word of God preached, and let me tell you, here at the house, you're going to hear it straight. It's going to be straight. It's, it's, there's no watering it down, diluting it down. It's going to be straight, and sometimes it, it just lands right smack in the middle of you, and hopefully it changes you. That's the goal, right? Believe me, I pray for that a lot, and so does this whole ministry team, that we're changed and we're transformed by the word of God. That's the reason we preach it. It's going to get right in the in the middle of you and hopefully produce some change in your life but some people are living a, a life and you see them and they th you know everything there were some that told me they were going to be here today they're not here right because i guess other other reasons something kept them from get, getting to the house of god but it, it's very important it's very important that we allow the word of god to transform us because we are going to be judged by it. once we have the word of god and we know what we should be doing or we shouldn't be doing, it's very important that we line up. I mean, I can go from the front to back of your Bible and show you time after time as we have with Israel. So important. Amen. Are you with? Ever say, I got it, preacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might try to justify what you're doing, but in the end, you will stand before a living God and give an account. So, Revelation chapter 20, verse number 12, in fact, tells us that you're going to be judged by the way you lived. Once you have knowledge, it's very. And then I saw the dead, great and small, standing there before the throne, and the books were opened. Then another book was opened called the Book of Life. The dead were judged by what was written in the books by the way they 
had lived. It's very important. Once you have knowledge of God, how you live your life. Amen? Give me the word. Praise God. Colossians 1 verse 6, and I'm hurrying. The good news, it says this. We didn't put it up on the overhead. The good news is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. That's when the word of God really gets in your spirit. And it lands in there. And you allow it to work in your life. It will change you. And you'll not want to be the old man or, the, or live in the sin that you once lived in. Amen? Praise God. Read it. Speak it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Share it. Live it. Heed it. And love it. Amen? Praise God. Mark 13, 31 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Let's stand together. Man, I wrapped up quick. Hallelujah. Praise God. I put the pedal to the metal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you today for your word. I preached it to the best of my ability, Lord. Under your anointing, I've done all I can do today. Just a mouthpiece, Lord, for you, a representative of you, God, a, a heart for people, a pastor, a pastor that loves people, Lord God. If there's someone here today, it may have it come across as harsh and strong, Lord, I just pray the Holy Spirit will convict and convince and do what I cannot do, Lord. It's presented in love. The gospel is the good news, and yet sometimes it does it does cause some tension within us as the natural man is, and that reasoning is trying to war against the spirit man and what he's trying to do right now. So, Lord, I pray today that decisions would be made here today under the inspiration, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that men and women, if something touched their heart and they know there's an area in their life, Lord, that's not right. May they talk to you and allow the word to change their lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We need your help. We need your guidance. Every one of us, Lord, we get so busy in life, we forget that as this scripture just said, both of them, there is a judgment day coming. There's a day when we stand before you and give an account. Though we try to put it off and not think about it, it's coming. Lord, today can be a complete turnaround. Someone today can make a commitment. Commitment to you that, Lord, your Holy Spirit has quickened and penetrated my heart today. And there's things in my life that I know, I know they're not pleasing to you. And so I lay them today at this altar. I will not go back. I will not go back. Because I want to spend eternity with you, my Savior, and with my loved ones that have gone on before me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're here today, and Holy Spirit's talked to you about something in your life because of the Word of God. Would you just slip your hand up and say, there's, there's some areas in my life. Amen. Yes, here and here. Back there. Yes. There's an area in my life, some things that i got to deal with. I've got to deal with it. It's time. I've got to deal with it, and I've got to lay it on the altar. I want to turn back. I want to repent and turn from the things that have been leading me down the wrong direction.
because I want to walk in your blessings, God. Your word is true, and I receive your word today. Several hands raised. So I want to I'm going to pray for you, and then as Sheila sings this song, we're going to allow you to pray. Talk to God about your own life. And don't, please don't put him off. Please don't say tomorrow, next week, next month, I'm going to make some changes. Do it now. Do it now. There's wars and rumors of war. There's so many signs that Jesus is coming soon. You've got to make heaven. I want you to make heaven. Don't put it off. Lord God, I pray over every person here today. Lord God, that the word that is preached has gone forth and landed in hearts, Lord. And it's, sometimes it penetrates deep and it stirs up things like a blister that's festered up. Sometimes it really does some things in our spirit that, Lord, you're trying to call our attention to something. And we, in the fleshly, just try to avoid or deter and, 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 and not follow. Lord, I pray today for obedience, obedience to the Word of God. Lord, that we do look in the mirror and we see what needs to be corrected in our life. And then we move forward and correct some things. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, every person that raised their hand today. Holy Spirit, do your work. Do your work. Word of God, speak. Speak. Speak into the hearts young men and women here today, moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, the Word of God changing us into your image, Lord, changing us, Lord, till we come into that measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, till you've gotten your hands on us so many times that you've molded us and made us into something beautiful and wonderful and pleasing unto you. We lay it all down. We lay the flesh down today and we surrender to the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God, the quickening, powerful Word of God. I speak it over lives today, and I decree it, and it shall be. They are changed. They are changed by the power of the cross, by the power of the resurrection. They are not the same. They are redeemed. You've called them by name. They are yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now. Just continue to pray, church, as Sheila sings this song. Hallelujah.
someone to pray with you. Just make your way to the front. We'll be happy to pray with you today. Hallelujah. Need someone to just pray with you, to seek God. To just come on up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
thank you, Lord, today for your word. May we never lose it as they did in Israel's history, Lord, several times. God, may we hide it in our heart, God. It, it produces so much change. It, life is so much better, Lord, when we're living and breathing in the word. Lord, I thank you for a, a strong word today that challenges us, that convicts us, Lord, of the errors of our ways. And you said that's what it'll do. It will do that. So, Lord, as we walk out of here, Lord, we, we take what's been planted in our heart, Lord God, and we do something about it. We rely on the Word of God. We thirst after it. We long for it. We seek for it. God, I praise you today that it transforms our lives. We want to be obedient. We want to follow your Word, Lord God, and watch you work and do miracles in our lives, Lord. We, we share it with others. We don't just keep it, Lord. We share it with others. We're a light and salt, Lord, here in this earth. We're reaching out. We're impacting lives by the Word of God that is on the inside of us. So thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you. Come on, church, give him praise. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. You've changed my life by your word and by the Holy Spirit inside of me. I praise you and I thank you, Lord God. I am a changed person. I am a champion of the faith in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Go out. Amen. And live it out. Amen.